following is a production of Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. tradition when the Sixers end their season however they choose or however their season's end is chosen for them we call a family meeting what's going on it's Jonesy and Brown here another 83 to infinity podcast uh had to call in the family had to call in my cousins uh season is over. The 22-23 season is over. Ends with a loud resounding thud in game seven of the Eastern Conference semifinals with an 88 to 112 loss to the Boston Celtics. Yes, once again, a Sixer team has lost in the playoffs to the Celtics. This is why I hate the Celtics. This is why I've always hated the Celtics. Because every Sixer I have ever loved, with the exception of Charles Barkley, has had a season come to an end at the hands of the Celtics. I hate their color green. I love Eagles green. I hate Celtic green. My family has a lot to say. I have a lot to say. Let me start with uh, my co-host. Let me start with my co-host first. Mm-mm. Nah, don't start with me. Well, don't start with you? Nah, don't start with oh, me. You know what? Oh, you damn. know what? Oh, damn. Jesus. <sighs> All right. Well, l- 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 let shit. me put it out here like this. Let, let me let me, let me me put it out to you guys like this. <laughs> You know, usually when we when we do these shows, we're all adults. A lot of us partake in uh, some adult beverages as we do as we do the show. There's one there's one member of this family who does not have an adult beverage in his hand because he wants to keep his mind clear. Although he has a lot of venom to spit today, so let's start with with my man from Total Sports Live and the Sporting News, Javon Alford. What happened? Yes. What happened? What ha- that happened? I mean, it's the same old story. <laughs> it's the same old. It's the same. It's the same old conclusion in every chapter of the of the Sixers book during this process era. I mean, you you expect different. You hope for different. You know, even if you did see the writing on the wall in Game Six, where you know Tatum going on a 16-0 run by himself, you thought like, all right. Maybe things are different. Maybe, you know, they'll they'll show something that we haven't seen before because everybody talks about how resilient this team was and how battle-tested. And when their back's against their wall, they'll fight back. <laughs> and 
they did everything, but they did not fight back at all. I mean, they fought back. I mean, they played well. First quarter played well. Second quarter, they unraveled a little bit. Then third quarter, everything came off the wheels, and we saw players quit per usual, right? <laughs> and we saw guys quit. <laughs> Public enemies one and two. The MVP and the former MVP both quitting and getting outplayed by guys like Tobias Harris, who has been routinely criticized, and DeAnthony Melton, who was outplaying Joel Embiid on the boards while Embiid stood there just like, all right, I'm just ready for vacation. So, man, it's the same story. Nothing, nothing, nothing different. Let's talk more about this game. Uh, the good, the good, the bad, and the ugly. The good, there really wasn't much. Um, it just is what it is. The bad was Joel Embiid, 15 points for Joel Embiid. Nine points for James Harden. That's your MVP and your former MVP. 15 points for Joel, nine points for, uh, James Harden. The ugly the ugly is that third quarter. The third quarter was was horrendous. Outscored thirty three to ten in that third quarter. Thirty three to ten. I understand that there's a lot of blame to go around. There, there is, there is a, a game like that doesn't happen with only one person at fault. But where do you start when it comes to the blame? Do you start with do you start with the players? Do you start with the coach? Do you start with the game plan? I mean uh, let, let, let me turn to you, Adio. You heard what, what Javon said. He said your two stars quit. I, I would like to comment on some good. There okay. was there was some good in this game. Love to hear and that, love, love and to that hear. was and that was with Harden and Joel playing the way they did. I got to be honest. I appreciate Tyrese Maxey for at least like, um, excuse my language, but I appreciate Maxey for at least continuing to fucking try. Mm-hmm. Yep. In the second half, when the third quarter, I was just like thinking to myself, all right, Harden doesn't have it. MB doesn't have it. Is this 22-year-old kid going to be like, all right, screw this. Y'all get on my back then. That's fine. If y'all don't want to show out, like, I'll do it. That's fine. Mm-hmm. So there is there is good in that. As far as who to blame, um, you know how the Sixers do exit interviews with the exception of this year? Because it sounds like they're not doing it. Uh-huh. Um, as far as I'm concerned, just about everybody can line up. And we'll just do three stooges smacks, just like in a line, and just be like, "All y'all, all y'all catching these hands, like it doesn't matter." I got, I, got, or... I got a funny movie reference for you guys. Okay. Um, you because it's, it's not a good movie, but it's it, it's a movie that people saw. Do you remember uh, Head of State with Chris Rock? Yep. Man, you're just you're just dating yourself. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, but at the when, when Chris Rock wins the presidency, the the guy that he beats, 
He's in his office after he realized he just lost the lost the election, and he has all his associates in the room, and they're in a line, and they just step up to him he and he slaps, slaps him, him in the face, and then they just keep on moving. Next person walks up, slaps him in the face. Next person moves up, slaps him in the. That's what I. That's what I picture the exit or, interview with. Or or in, is, that, or in that same who, movie, like when when Bernie Mac gets off the train. It just, just starts like slapping that. people. Yeah. Just start slapping people. Yes, exactly. But the, the um, problem but, is, the problem is one of the people who needs to be slapped is the owner, and he would be the person doing the slapping. Okay, here's here's the here's where I stand with this. As far as the owner is concerned, first and first and foremost, let me just get this off my chest right now. Josh, the downtown stadium in like Chinatown, uh-huh. forget it. Stop asking. After that, after that performance, and after the fact that you're putting so much energy into the New Jersey Devils and the Washington Commanders, you have shown that your allegiance is split as far as like what you care about most. And if mm-hmm. that's the case, you should not be rewarded with a downtown arena like that, and then displace hundreds of like generations of of uh, Chinese Americans in Philadelphia. No, not allowed to do that now. F no, hell to the no. Um, second thing. Josh, if your mind is split between three teams like that, you have somebody in Daryl Morey who can run the who can run things. Let him run things. That's what I want this offseason. I want to see a Daryl Morey built Sixers team because we haven't had it yet. Hmm. He, Doc Rivers was forced onto him. Okay. And if Josh Harris doesn't want to pay Doc Rivers the last two years of his contract to go away so that Daryl can get his guy. And I don't know if you have suggestions. Maybe you're getting to that later, but I have my picks, obviously. A Daryl Morey front office, a Daryl Morey coaching sideline, a Daryl Morey roster. He has earned the credibility in this league to make that happen. So I think the first thing that they're going to have to do is commit to saying, Daryl, it's your show. Fix it. However you want to do it, fix it. If that means firing Doc, if that means signing and trading Harden to to get whatever you can, do what you got to do, fix it. Mm. Now, we'll get we'll get more into where they go from here. In a second, because because uh, I, I have a lot of questions. I have a lot of things I want to say. First, I wanted to bring Jonesy back into this conversation. It's been ten minutes. Jonesy. It, it, it's been ten, we, we've given you some time to think about this. I I, I need to know where you stand oh, I don't on this, brother. Think about nothing. I don't uh, even think about the thing. No, no, I, I'm saying hear it. We ready to I, hear it. Jonesy's in the nice, comfortable unk chair, like he's just chilling. Like he's just waiting for the food to get served to him. Like, damn, here's, man. Here's the problem. I've I've worked with Jonesy long enough now, <laughs> where I know these looks. I know I've these seen, looks. I, I, I've I've seen <laughs> these looks. I I know what's coming. The thoughts I, are simmering. I, I, like, let, let me tell you something. I. You're, Jonesy, everybody. This, this is this is Carson Wentz esque looks out right. of Jonesy. All right, everybody, earmuffs, earmuffs. <laughs> God damn it! No, no, no. I, All right. I don't nah. know if Josie's gonna cuss, but I know he got fired. <laughs> I'm not, not at all. But see, here's the thing: what I saw 
in game seven yesterday, it was how can I say this? It was the culmination of a multitude of failures. Like there were failures on the court yesterday from multiple players. There were failures from Embiid. There were failures from Harden. There were failures from the front office and the type of roster they built to try to go out there and compete in that situation. There were failures from the coach. But that's just yesterday. Like, there are also failures. This, like, failures from the last six, seven years were all visible yesterday. Jason Tatum set a game seven record with 51 points. And the whole time I'm thinking, I wish we had a guy like Mikael Bridges to guard him. Like, or Matisse Steibel. I mean, seriously, think of like Harden, Maxie, and Tobias Harris are guarding your perimeter when the starting unit is out there. And what's crazy is he ain't done. I want you to think about what I just said for a second. Let him let him cook. Let him cook. Yes, yes, yes. James Harden is 33 going on 50. Like he, he had like he has no legs. Like he's got IQ. He can still handle. He can still shoot and be crafty and all that. He's got no legs. Tyrese Maxey is an undersized two, who he's gonna have to guard the one because in the heart he's gonna have to guard the two, which and that creates all sorts of other problems. But even as a guarding the one. Maxie's got a lot to learn on defense, bare minimal. There's a lot of learning. And T- Tobias Harris just does flat out doesn't have the foot, foot speed to guard a guy like Tatum or the most of the more athletic wings in the league. Mm-hmm. So in a league that all the rules over the last 20 years have been changed to benefit perimeter players and increase scoring, you build a team that can't defend the perimeter. And in a league, in a conference, where your toughest competition has two stud wings in Tatum and Brown. And then we're not even going to get into all the wrong personal personnel moves they've made over the years throughout the process because there's a multitude of them from yeah, you drafted three centers. You draft the third one when you already got one. You draft the whole Ben Simmons fiasco, the Fultz thing. Like I'm going through all of it because at this point, the only answer I can think of is blow it up. That's where I am. I'm at now. Blow it up. 
That's why I didn't want to go first because I know I was coming to this. No, I understand. We're, we're at blow it up because I don't yep. really see a real fix. Mm. Mm. Now, and we it, can it, talk about it that you want, but that's where I'm at. Okay, no, I understand, and, and we're definitely going to get into that. We're, we're definitely going to touch on that. And, and 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 you are right about the whole perimeter defense. Like we had, you and I, we talked individually. We talked, uh, we, we we talked uh, through text, and I threw I kind of threw out there that I thought. Maxi had shown some improvements this series in his perimeter defense, but there's a big difference between showing some improvement and being trusted <laughs> to slow down a player like a Jason Tatum, because you sat there and you saw how he came out in game four. Oh, excuse me. You saw how he came out in game three. You saw how he came out in game four. You saw how he came out in game five. And you're sitting there, and in the back of your mind, you know a player like Jason Tatum is not going to be cold for long. At some point in time in this series, Jason Tatum is going to be Jason Tatum again. Do we now, want to well, talk about what happened? <clears throat> well, well, here's the thing. Well, well, here's the thing. Do we want to talk about what happened in game six? Well, 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 this this is just it. Now, that kind of brings me to my, my my point. Now, before the before the playoffs, Jonesy, you and I had uh, Anthony Gilbert on the show, mm-hmm. and we talked about and we had said that for Doc to be able to keep his job this summer, had to get out the second they, round. They had to get out the second round. You said that. Anthony said that. I didn't. I didn't disagree with you. I didn't. But I, I said, and we all acknowledge that one. We understood that Boston was a better team. Boston was a better team, and we also acknowledge that the Sixers didn't have home court advantage. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting here saying that in order for this coach to keep his job, he has to go out and beat a better team without home court advantage. And all right. No, but, but hold on, hold on. Let, let, let me let me just make this point. It's a very very quick point. But mm-hmm. it, we we acknowledge that was that was a daunting task. But we agreed that is what had to happen. All right, but see, I, we agreed all that has to happen. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I'll say this real quick and throw it right back to you: the better team, home court advantage, all that stuff goes out the window, and you just have to win. When you've won two out of the first three in Boston, right. you have a three-two yeah. series lead yes. and a and a lead in the fourth quarter of Game Six. We right all that right other now. stuff goes out the window. You just we, have to we win. vibing right now. We vibe. Uh-huh. We're on the same page because that is the point that I am trying to make. I thought yes, that was a daunting task, and had this series played out differently, maybe I'd have a different opinion. But when you were sitting here and you were looking at a series when you had a three-two lead and a fourth quarter lead in mm-hmm. Game Six at your home on, on your home floor. Jason Tatum hadn't done nothing all game. That is when it's like, you know what? All bets are off. You know, this was a daunting task, but darn it, you had an opportunity to complete the task. It was right there in front of you. You had the lead. You could have beaten Boston in six. 
What would Boston be talking about right now if we if we all understand that the Celtics were a better team, had home court advantage, and got beaten six by the Sixers? Fire Missoula. Game, <laughs> including a game where they did not have Joel Embiid. Uh, they would be splitting up Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown right now. Exactly. Now here, now, now we sitting there talking about they the new, like like they the new dynasty. Like Tatum, we didn't made Tatum. They might never split up Tatum and Brown. Tatum and Brown's East Coast clan stuff now. So you're, whoa, you're talking whoa, about whoa, whoa, can't you can't say that now. They can't say that okay. now. Hey, look, I'm uh, just that's just, I'm not yet. Yeah, I know. Just, yet. I, I understand. I, that's fancy. They, they, they need I'm they need saying. a title first. They need a title. Yeah. First. Understood. Agree. Agree. Um, Agree. Well, we're, we're we're talking about Doc, right? Yeah. And we saw in. Game six, right? Boston started the two bigs. They started Horford and Williams. Yes. And Doc had a full game of film to figure out what he could do. Maybe there's an adjustment he can make. I didn't see any adjustment from game six to game seven. I Granted, I understand, and I've said this when I've made this point. I understand that the move is like it's hard to make that kind of a move and that kind of adjustment what is the adjustment is the adjustment to take out pj tucker probably not but at the very least you could have played with a little bit more pace a little bit more tempo tire the bigs out but it was the same grit and grind ground and pound that we are so accustomed to seeing from doc rivers and i'm sorry there is a reason why Doc hasn't done anything substantial. I did my homework. I looked this up. He hasn't done anything substantial since losing the NBA Finals in 2010. We're going on 13 years of Doc either getting bounced in the first round, bounced in the second round, or missing the playoffs altogether. I'm sorry. The league, the game has passed on from that old school Doc Rivers mentality of coaching and offense, it's done. There's nothing else that we can do with this guy. This is his ceiling with this team. And if that's the case, if the ceiling has been second round with Doc and we're trying to get a title, Doc has to go. And I'm sorry if that's like coming off as scapegoaty, but honestly, Damn it! That's the that's the first and easiest domino to fall. And I agree with everything you just said, but I would add this: that it's all the way to 2010, and it was 2010 with three Hall of Famers and Rajon Rondo, who like him a lot or not, has one of the highest basketball IQs you've seen ever in the last twenty ever. Yeah, with the exception of LeBron, maybe. And that. Doc Rivers, like, with as far as, like, the adjustments and sticking with the ground and pound, I agree you should up the pace when they go with two bigs. But you have a guy with no legs setting the pace. That's why That's why I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm sorry. James, you're 34 years old. Tyrese has eclipsed you. I'm sorry. He has. That's just, that's just fact, okay? Tyrese wants to run. This team wants this. This team can. This team can run and gun when they have to. So why minus not Joel. just make that minus Joel? Like you can get him in stretches. Like there have been some like darts down the floor where he's just like, oh, 
fuck it, I'm gonna sprint like nobody's down here. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, and I'm glad we that. said that, though, minus Joel, because that means our two best players don't want to run. Yeah. And, and or, I, I, the player, sorry, or at least the play, the two players the offense is built around but don't, don't want to run. I don't think blowing it up is the answer. I don't think retooling is the answer either. If you're just like, oh, well, we can trade Joel to Miami and get like Bam Adebayo, Tyler Harrow, and some picks. Like, I don't know if that's necessarily the move either. That seems like that seems like a step backwards, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I will say it's going to be really tough to like retool this roster because you have Tobias Harris on an expiring contract. It's mm-hmm. a large contract, mm-hmm. and you you know that like teams do crazy things with large expiring contracts, but mm-hmm. with the players out there like Dane Lillard or like Zach Levine or stuff like that, the Oklahoma City Thunder, the New York Knicks the Brooklyn Nets, they have a larger war chest to offer in terms of young players and picks that the Sixers just don't have anymore. This mm-hmm. The earliest first-round pick the Sixers can trade is 2029. Mm-hmm. Oh. So if so you're Daryl Morey and you're Harden, if Harden really wants to go back to Houston, then just be like, all right, uh, can can we sign I'm and trade him, you? I'm, I'm giving him the Sammy Sosa. If he wants to go back yeah. at, at this point in time now, at, at, at this point in time now, I'm like, look, not only do I am I not gonna uh argue with anyone who says Doc's gotta go. At this point, honestly, I don't see how he stays. You can't bring him back he, after that. Yeah, I don't see okay. how how you sell that to your to, to your fan base. I don't understand like the we all saw the slop that was game seven. You can't bring that man back. He's got to go. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. If you bring and, Doc back, it sends a clear message to the fan base. Now, mm-hmm. I, I wanted, uh, now as we as we talk about this team moving forward, you know, we're all, we're, we've all lived in this area for a while now. So we know how fan speak goes. We know how the narratives go. Every time a team doesn't win a championship, there's going to be people who say, you know what? You need to blow it up and start all over. Now that was me. Well, well I'm saying, but 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 we hear that. We've we've always heard that. You know, we've heard it multiple times with the Sixers, we've heard it over the years with the Phillies, heard it over the years with the Eagles, with the Flyers. You know, did we hear it over the years with the Flyers? I don't I don't recall well, ever hearing what, that. Well, you, you know what? The Flyers the fans the Flyers. have said it. The organization yeah. has never said it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah the, the, the Flyers organization is too, like, um, okay. The, the Flyers organization is too stuck in the past where we're just like, all right, so we can still ground and pound these fools like the 90s. Yeah, no. They're, 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 way too many, they're way too many older Flyers players to rehire in uh, management positions for them to ever think about starting over, but that's a show for another. That's a show for yeah. another day. But that's, nonetheless, that's a we, that's a show for that's for a show that's for a show for for Jovan and I as a mutual friend, Greg. Like he has, he probably has a lot to say about the Flyers. But when, when we when we finally bring back brothers talking pucks, maybe we'll talk about that. But but nonetheless, it it's a narrative we've heard before. The whole blow it up and start all over again, and that kind of brings me to another question that you hear. You, we all we've heard it at the end of the Sixers season for the last five years now. 
Every time the Sixers don't win a championship, there's somebody who wants to jump on Twitter or jump on Facebook or whatever and be like, did the process fail? Did the, did the process – is this the end Stop. of the process? However, but this is this is what I want you to this – is, this is what I want to pose. I want to put a spin on that question. Is this really a case that of the process failing or did the Sixers screw up the process? I'm going to let everybody else go before I go nuclear on those idiots. <laughs> because because let, let me let me put it to you like this. I look at it I look at it two ways. On one hand, I've said a couple of times. I equate the process to Joel Embiid. I will give my my opinion on the process when Joel Embiid is no longer a Philadelphia 76. However, I also look at it as the process was doing exactly what Philly fans have asked of bad teams and under uh, underachieving teams and teams that don't win every year. They were the first team. This Sixers team was the first team that when fans were like blow it up and start over, they actually blew it up and started over. And that meant building through the draft, amassing pieces, and not bogging down your salary cap with high-priced veterans who are not the answer. Now, when you say, when people say, hey, let's blow it all up, for me, I'm like, it's like when they say, hey, let's blow it all up, and did the process fail? I'm like, no, not, not necessarily, because if you blow it all up, I want them I want them to do the exact same thing they did before, just better. I mean, if we're blowing okay, up without a Colangelo, <laughs> yeah, without a Colangelo, right. without, without the without the bat, you look at the mistakes of the process, and we're look we're talking about Simmons over Ingram, we're talking about faults over Tatum, we're talking about trading Mikel Bridges for. Zaire Smith, who might be our next guest on this podcast. I see your head doing do. But when I'm don't saying, forget I'm... trading a lot of assets to get Jimmy Butler and then letting him walk for nothing. Yes. All, you gave not... you put a lot of assets Boy. into getting him here, and yep. then you lost them for nothing. I, I I agree. I'm saying if you I'm saying if we blow it up. What I don't want to hear is, hey, let's blow it up and build around Tyrese Maxey. No. If we blowing it up and Bede's gone, Maxey's gone, Harris is gone, everybody's gone. I I want them all gone. Blow it up. Start over. blowing it up, start over. Mm -hmm. If it means we have to wait a little bit to get a couple draft picks, so be it. We're starting over. I don't want to start over with anybody that's currently on this team. Well, see, here's the thing. If you blow it up and really commit to blowing it up and starting over, you can reload with draft picks. You have desirable pieces. Yeah. It'll be the reigning MVP. He'll get you a haul if you move him right now. I'm not saying you do or you don't move him. But yeah, we're not, we're not saying that. But yeah, hypothetically, yeah, yeah. I am not calling for the trade of Joel and B. I'm just if saying, you, if I'm you just saying, move hy- him, move him. hypothetically, right now, if you were to move him, you'd get a decent haul for him. If you were to move Tyrese Maxey, you could get a decent return for him. Not a superstar return, but yeah. a decent return for him. Mm-hmm. 
Tobias Harris is an expiring contract. That's always interesting to somebody who has a plan and wants to have some cap room available next summer. So you might get something in return for him. Harden, hopefully you can work out a sign and trade where you get something back from Houston for him or wherever he goes to next. And you could be right back in the game fairly quickly as as far as having draft picks. That being said, that means your team is extremely young again and you're looking at a couple years before you're ready to compete again. Right. But but it it's not it doesn't have to be four or five years of trying to lose like you did last time. But even then, and and this is a point that I made on Twitter earlier today. Because everyone's, you know, when people want to have their addendums, they want to throw out their opinions on the process. I sit here and I say as bad as those process years were, they weren't nearly as bad. They weren't nearly as hopeless as the post Barkley pre Iverson Sixers. <laughs> those were hopeless. T- it's like as yeah, bad rough. as those Sixers were. You were you weren't down as- with the Jeff Hortis that years. No, no. But, but, but this is just, nobody but, was. But but this is just it. This is just this is just it. As bad as that ten and seventy two team was, you understood what they were trying to do. You knew what was going on. You knew that they were going to get a high draft pick and that there were players available, right or wrong, that could help this team. During the post Barkley era, you didn't know what this team was doing. You didn't know what the direction was. That was hopeless basketball. The post Barkley, you are watching Charles Barkley have his best season as a pro. And you're watching Armin Gilliam. Armin Gilliam. You're, 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 you're watching uh you're watching a team, a, a team with two slow guards and no point guard among them. You're watching Hersey Hawkins and Jeff Hornacek split a backcourt. That's your backcourt. Josie, you're a point guard of this team. You put two slow point guards on, two slow twos on a team, and then ask them to do, and then Doug that, Moe. Hold on, hold on, time out, time out. All right, I feel, I feel Jeff, like we're kind of getting a little off track here. No, we, I'm we, talking we, about how, how. But, but Jeff Warnesek and Hersey Hawkins could play basketball. They just shouldn't have been in the same backcourt together. It. Yeah. Um. Let me just let me just try to get us back on track a little bit. Thank you. Um, I'm not off track, but, but go ahead. With, <laughs> you on a tangent? With I'm blow, on a tangent, with, but still, I'm. I'm, I'm with, I was blowing, with blowing it up, with blowing it up, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Could you get a haul for Joel Embiid? Yes. You could honestly say, okay, guys, you want Joel Embiid? Cool. You remember the Rudy Gobert trade? Add more first round picks. That's right. basically the starting off point. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you want to press the eject button on this on this team on this team yet. Like Embiid, Maxi, like that's something, right? Like I said before, can we get a Daryl Morey team? We haven't had it yet. We haven't seen it. 
And the way you do that, you let him pick his coach. He hasn't been able to. And the one name that shoots to the top of my list, Budenholzer. Okay. That's I'm, interesting I'm sorry. name. I like, That's a very interesting name. I like I like Nick Nurse. Don't get me wrong. I like Nick Nurse, but in my gut, and I said this on a podcast I did earlier today, in my gut, I feel like Nick Nurse to Milwaukee is kind of a guarantee at this point. Like, that's going to happen. It's mm. either Milwaukee or Phoenix, but it ain't going to be the Sixers. So that leaves Coach Bud, somebody that has coached multiple – uh, a team to multiple Eastern Conference Finals appearances. Very important caveat within the last decade of basketball when things have been more modernized and the switching and all like that. And this is another point that was brought up to me. On the defensive end, Brooke Lopez has thrived in defensively doing drop coverage. Who on our team loves to do drop coverage? That would be one Joel Hans Embiid. Mm. So you have what you're saying is hire Budenholzer, and not only is Joel Embiid a two-time MVP because he'll be MVP next year, he'll be Defensive Player of the Year. He could. He's he's always had that in him, and I think that Buds has been revolutionary. I think Buds. I don't know if he's cornered the market on like positionless basketball, but I think he's done a lot in the last decade or so with the team he's had with Giannis. Not sure if he's a point guard, a power forward, or a center. He plays all three, and he was the MVP twice. Well, I have a couple questions for you, though. Sure. Let me play the other side of it. If we're talking about keeping this team together, a couple things I have to look at. Um, Do you think you can win in the modern NBA with an offense that's built around Joel Embiid? Um, so the way I would do it would be like, okay, we're like running multiple passes, multiple pick and roll screening, off ball cutting, all that stuff. And we have Embiid as a like, okay, in case of emergency, this dude always has a mismatch. It doesn't matter. Like give it to Embiid. He'll get a bucket in case of emergency, break open Embiid. Let's go. So then you're thinking overhauling the rest of the personnel on the roster. Maybe not the personnel because the personnel is trickier because, like I said, Tobias is an expiring contract unless you can, like, because with with his salary and where the Sixers are as far as, like, what they could offer up in a trade, mm-hmm. I, don't think, I don't think you're getting somebody like a Zach Levine unless Maxie's in the deal, in which case, hell no. Um, and... and- <clears throat> I don't think Toronto is going to do Tobias for Siakam straight up. That's not going to happen. So you're looking at Daryl to work within the margins again, which he's been pretty damn good at doing the last couple but, of seasons since he's been here. I, but that the you kind of answered my next question because if you don't think you can do a whole lot with the roster at like being where you can cut, you're kind of – stuck like running in quicksand you're stuck in the I same think, spot you don't so, you don't become substantially better in the eastern conference so you'll I still think have the same interesting i think they're interesting 
you can have you can have the same roster, but I feel like you can do a lot of things. And Jovan, help me out with this. There's, I think you can do a lot more with Tobias Harris than what Doc has been doing with Tobias Harris, right? I think that like you look at somebody like Buds, and he's had the two guys in Embiid, um, in Giannis, and Brooke Lopez. Mm-hmm. I think he could do some really interesting creative stuff with like an Embiid Harris four or five kind of thing. And yeah, that means that PJ Tucker is going to get shortchanged, but like, okay. I, I just feel like there's more interesting things to do with that offense than just like pick and roll top of the key, the elbow, like give it to Joel and let him work. Like, I think there are I more creative a, things you can do. I just think that's a hard sell. How, how do you go back in the next season with the same, with the same group of people? I, I just, and I think the six, this current Sixers, they don't have a choice. That yeah. I understand. That I understand. But yeah, their I only think, options are tear to completely apart or come back with nearly the same group. That's and yeah. I think the situation that those are the, the those are the two choices. That's it. I guess the problem is the the corner that this team has painted themselves into is the fact that whatever success they have is going to be judged strictly, almost exclusively, by what they do in the postseason. And yeah, I mean, even when you look, even when you look at when when you look at this season, because we sat here and we've talked about the four of us, whether it be on this podcast, whether it be on Twitter, whether it be in text or whatever, we have all talked about having doubts as to whether or not this team can truly have playoff success. But nonetheless, on paper, this is the best team of, you know, this is the most winningest team of the process. This was a team that won, what, 54 games this year? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so we're sitting here. Here's a team has won the most games of this team's, you know, this team's tenure. And we were still like, I don't know if they're going to make the second. I don't know if they're going to make it out the second round. <laughs> And this is following seasons where they had the best record in uh, in basketball when they were a number one seed. They've been, you know, and it's like this this is worse because you hear people talking about where the state of this team and comparing it to eras in the past, where it's like they compare it to the, those post Iverson Sixers that could never that would make the playoffs one year being a lottery the next playoffs next year, you know, they, they would go back and forth, but really with the exception of, you know, that, that when they were able to get against uh, Chicago, couldn't get out the second round. When Derek Rose got hurt. When, when Derek hurt, when Derek Rose got hurt. Right. Well, they never got out the second round. They couldn't well, get well, to the second got, round. Yeah they, yeah. they couldn't get to the second round, but <laughs> I guess the, the problem was those teams, you know, they were, they peaked at being a bottom four team. Mm-hmm. You know, at their best, they were six, seven, eighteen. You know, five, six, seven, eight C team. Mm-hmm. This team will go into the playoffs every year as a top four team, number one seed, number two seed, number three seed. 
but there's a gap between there's a gap between three and two and one like a substantial gap and it's just because the eastern conference is so bad they can position themselves in that right nonetheless but nonetheless you're looking at paper you're looking at a team statistically and on paper at top of the at the top of the conference top of the league whatever but still Mm -hmm. can't get out the second round so it's like what 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 do you do? And you're sitting here, you're trying to sell tickets, and you're like, all right, you know, I, I, I love trying to Darryl sell those. Moore, yeah, I, I get that Daryl Morey should be able to build a team on his own. I get to, I get that he needs to bring, you know, he's he's yet to have his own coach yet. You know, he inherited the coach. He, in, you know, inherited some, you know, somewhat of a he inherited roster. a whole team pretty much. Yeah, he inherited this mess. But nonetheless, how do you go? How do you go in the next season? I don't want to see Tobias, Tobias Harris in a Sixers uniform next year. I'm cool. No, thank you. Chill, chill off, my man, Tobias, man. <laughs> yeah, let's not, let's not, let's not have yeah, that not discussion. Try- Look, I, I understand. I've we had, got, I understand. I'm, we got I'm Harris on the show. I'm exhausted defending Tobias Harris. I'm I exhausted. I we got. I understand we got the Harris henchman on the show today. All right. Just, no, okay. Jovan, Jovan, do you want to take this one or you want me to do it? I mean, I'm just going. It's a family I'm, I'm go, that's, what we, that's what we do. I'm, I'm just going to add, like, I understand the slander Tobias Harris gets because of the supposed Epic slander. He, he gets Terrible slander, slander. Because, of, because of the contract that he gets. But, like, let's be real. If any of us got that money, we ain't turning that thing down. Like, no, 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 no. No, no, yeah. It's like he gets he gets slander for that, but people also, well, I think some people don't understand about the role that he's played on this team. It has changed multiple iterations to where several times. A guy like Hart, you're not asking him to change his iterations, or you know, the guy that's the MVP, you know, he, you know, he does what he does, but you know. So here's my thing with Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris is a good basketball player. He's a valuable basketball player that can be a part of a good team. The fault with Tobias Harris, it's really not his fault. It's The front office made a mistake with Jimmy Butler, and then they had to overvalue Tobias Harris because they could not. They absolutely could not. Let them both walk for nothing. Right. Like how I was just talking about, they put all those assets into Butler and they lost them for nothing. They absolutely could not lose them both for nothing. Mm -hmm. Right. So so they had to, at that point, overvalue Tobias Harris. So, yeah, the contract is too much. We all know that. That's not Tobias Harris's fault. It's It's right. Organization. It's the it's the organization's fault mm-hmm. that it ended up being a situation that was jackpot for Tobias Harris, and any player is going to sign that deal when the opportunity is presented. So, so yeah, I don't like Tobias Harris being a max player, but I don't blame Tobias Harris for. It. Yeah. I'm not out here saying hey, listen, Tobias gets back listen, money. Listen, Russell Westbrook and Bradley Bill is still still in way more money than Tobias Harris. Yeah, absolutely. They ain't stealing it from my team, though. They they ain't stealing it from my team, though, man. That's you know. Joel Embiid is stealing money. (laughs) Oh God! He certainly was at the game. Oh, 
Let's not do that. <laughs> it's the truth. It's the truth. He stole. He's let's stealing money. A guy that's supposed let's to be the MVP. The guy that's supposed to be the that. MVP. <laughs> the guy that's supposed to be the MVP was getting oh, <laughs> was not man. was getting out rebounded by De'Anthony Melton in the third quarter. I saw De'Anthony Melton crashing the boards and Joel Embiid just standing there with Marcus Smart boxing him out. Like, come on, man. Nikola Jokic is going back to the West Western Conference Finals. And you know, Embiid isn't like, come on, and we gotta. I mean, we that's gotta stop, man. Not like, right now. I, I would like that's, to. That's, I would the, like that's to, the that's the I one man like to, who hasn't had something to drink during this uh during, I, during this show saying that right there. That's a clear no, mind. It's, it's, that, with a, no, with a like clear it. and sober mind, that man just said you're well and be. It's been simmering. It's been simmering. That's that's not what's in his cup speaking. That's from his heart. He's old. He was holding that in since uh since the game ended. Yeah, that's all right. Speak the truth, man. The the thoughts, opinions, and beliefs of one Jovan Alford do not reflect those of a DOB Royster senior black correspondent hey, at Liberty cool. Ballers. That's, that's cool. I still hey, I still I still got love for you, but you mean I'm gonna call it Jesus. I'm gonna call it how it is. Jo- so uh, let me be... Wow. Joel is stealing money. I'm not and I'm no. not I'm not gonna dispute you on that. So it's let me like, throw hey. some- so since we're here, let me throw something <laughs> out there, Steve. I heard a comparison the other day. It's like through a beat's career, we've heard comparisons to Olajuwon because of footwork and finesse and things. <laughs> we've heard comparisons to Shaq because of size and power. Mm-hmm. I heard an interesting comparison the other day. Uh-oh. Pat Ewing. A jump I, shooting. I, I a heard jump that too. <laughs> a jump shooting big. That play, mostly plays free throw to free throw, doesn't run changing ends, and there's a ceiling to how far he gets in the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. That yeah, was but, the comparison I heard made the other day. Yeah, but Patrick Ewing at least made a finals, though. Did he? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, yes, yeah. he did. Oh, yeah. yeah against Elijah one. You're right. They did make that one against Olajuwon. I was thinking yeah. about the other run when they went they went on when he got hurt in 98, 99. Just because well, of the lockout finals, it shit still counts, okay? No, it shit counts. It goes in the record books. But remember, that was also the year. Uh, that was that was that, Spreewell and Allen Houston. A lot of, I mean, yeah. Ewing was hurt they, for that run. They were, eight, they were eight seed. Remember, they took they, uh-huh. they went down to Miami and fought half the team and got all their good players uh, uh, suspended for that uh, for the closeout game. Hey, how they went down there do and it, fought man? the team. We got got uh, PJ Brown and uh, and Morning and all those guys suspended. But yeah, I thought that can get off the second round. Yep. But I did think that comparison to Ewing was interesting. No, that's an interesting. It, it's interesting. That's an interesting comparison. No, and, and I, I see it. Pat Ewing was my guy back in the day. I, I, I you know, it is what but it is. It, a, like a, a big who lives on that mid-range jump shot and not necessarily the qu- the quickest guy in transition, changing ends. Like, there's some similarities I can see there. Lives on the mid-range well, when he wants to. Uh-huh. And I feel like they had their most success. Now, now pro- the problem was the teams that had their most success were always beat by Jordan. But nonetheless, you know, th- those Knicks teams had their most su- success when you surrounded Pat Ewing with shooters. 
when he had when when you had a John Starks and a Latrell Sprewell and an Allen Houston behind him, that those Knicks teams had had their most success. Now, granted, like I said, they were always playing Jordan, so it's like that success was was kind of you know it was thwarted <laughs> by the greatest of all time. But nonetheless, you know, I, I feel like if you have that level, if you have that type of perimeter play, if that's what you're committing to putting around Joel Embiid, I look at the when I look at the makeup of the East, maybe you could have some success. Like maybe had you drafted a Jason Tatum to put alongside uh, Joel Embiid, you you know you'd be killing it. Maybe if you kept a player like Mikel Bridges, and I understand that somebody else on this panel made these points uh, a little bit earlier, you'd be killing it. But when you know when your front court is PJ Tucker and uh, Mr. Harris, you know that, that <clears throat> this is what you have. Hey, PJ still got his shots off. I ain't mad at him. This PJ is why, corner three this is specialist. Why, this is why. Wasn't this mad is why. PJ gave us. Not mad at all. Mm-hmm. This is why. This is why I would love to see a coach Bud run team, right? Because Embiid. Yes, Maxi can shoot the three and he can hit it. Tobias Harris, 37% for his career. PJ Tucker, crazy as this sounds, 37% for his career. They have shooters around Embiid. They just mm-hmm. have Led to the have the league in right, three point shooting this year. They have yep. to have the right offensive system. And with Doc Rivers, they don't have that. But can you sell Coach Bud to the fan base? Definitely. I think so. Absolutely. He has a like ring. He's, that, he's, got a, he's got a ring the, and he's but then, guided but then, but then, two but then, MVPs. But then they'll say, but he had Giannis and Giannis and MB's not Giannis. Playing devil's advocate here, but you know. Well, mm-hmm. you can say that and then I would come back and just like, okay, he doesn't have Giannis. You know what he has? He has Giannis. With a with a jump shot, with a consistent, reliable jump shot. Well, I mean, he got to get that dog on Giannis. <laughs> no, 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 that that is true. He that is that. true. That is true. So, Adio has made. He has and made I love. I don't. Clear. And like I, I, I get it. Everybody's going to give Coach Bud slack for like his lackluster performances in Atlanta. Okay, fine. You can do that, but you can do that. But just remember. No one was winning the East when LeBron James was buzzsawing through the conference. Everybody needs to chill on that narrative. And, well, I mean, you know, quite, quite frankly, once Boston got old, no one was even built to even try to compete with LeBron in the East. Yeah. Like, outside, of, outside of like the Pacers for like a couple of games. Like, yeah. For like, like, for like a six-game series. Like, if you were a coach who was able to get a team to go five or six games with LeBron in the East at that point, you did a great job. Right. That's true. That is true. So those Eastern Conference teams were devoid of talent. Let's be honest about it. You the guys true. were doing and in Atlanta, they weren't Josh that Josh Smith team, they weren't get that good. The the Al Horford oh, Paul Millsap Hawks? No. <laughs> yeah. The five the starting lineup five all-stars. <laughs> the five Florida all-stars. Yeah. Remember they had all the starting lineup was all-stars. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so Adil said uh, Buttonholzer. Uh, other names, Buttonholzer, Buttonholzer, whatever, man. I'll, I'll get his name right when he gets a job here. So I'll there's a name you, we know we're going to hear a lot. 
what are the chances any of you all think there's any realistic possibility they make a run at Jay Wright? No. Don't do it, Jay. No. Zero, Stay far no. away. Yeah. Stay on TV. I, I yeah, exactly. I mean, we, I we, we, we know we're going to hear the pain. name, so I'm just want, let's throw it out there now. How do we feel about it? Uh, no. I'm, I'm against it. No. I mean, he, I he, he has a better system than Doc, but that's about it. I just don't know. I just don't know. Yeah. I just don't know what Jay Wright does with like a big like Embiid. Like he's never had, he never really had that at Villanova where you just like punch Run it in, get me a guards. basket. But his right. guard play would be tremendous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This roster doesn't have four guards that you would put around Joel Embiid right I, I, now. I don't, I don't think Jay Wright wants to come to the Sixers just to watch all his favorite players play for the Knicks. You know? Yeah. Got <laughs> <laughs> to play. Got to see all the see all the guys he liked play for another team in his uh, in his division. <laughs> but let me. Uh, let me Monty Williams out there for you guys. Monty, Monty Williams won. What about promoting? That Sam is a name Cassell? I like. I like Monty Williams. And Sam Cassell, you hear a lot about him. It's a very interesting name. But Ooh, is that a no from a deal? Well, Sam yes, Cassell? it is. Yes, it is. I'm a. I'm a. I don't know. Probably. The fact that he's gone this long without getting a job makes me nervous. What makes me I, nervous is the fact that he's got he's gonna have Doc's aura around him. That's what. Yeah. Like my 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 problem is it's just like how much of Doc's offense is Sam Cassell gonna incorporate into his offense? I'm just like mm-hmm. nah, nah. Wipe, wipe that whole bench clean. Like nuke that whole bench from orbit and start over. Like keep Sam on the bench. Like I'll give like like I'll give you an example about like for example like the last coach I remember former player was on coaching staffs for a long time and everybody Patrick Ewing yeah like oh Pat he, Ewing, yeah why, like why don't we give him a chance why don't we, like and then we found out why he didn't get that chance he's not he's right. just not that great a coach look at like, Georgetown. He he might be good working with players or certain development things but the head coaching thing is different. Mm-hmm. You know, well, let me ask you this: Would you be opposed to Patrick Ewing being on this bench, coaching and beat? Not the not the head coach, mm-hmm. but on this staff. If somebody said, "Hey, I got this big man who's just won the MVP. We're committed to building around him. We still want to build around him." Pat, could you come up here and coach him up? Would you be, or do you think it's too late for something like that now? We're too late I mean, in the MB uh, the MB career for something like that now. I mean, Hakeem is still alive. Why not Hakeem? Why not Elijah Wan? Because he's running his camps wherever he runs his camps. He brings, you know, people like, uh, I, don't, I don't know where he, he brings them. Oh, just, he's to Nigeria, yeah. whatever. He just, just brings them just, to yeah. just, roll, them just, just roll up the truck and say, hey, we got this truck of money for you. Like, come down and just, like, help out the man <laughs> that, like, you've been, com- that's been compared to you for, like, six years. Hakeem just want to live, like, peacefully. Exactly. Sure. He wants to come and go, he wants to come and go as he pleases. It's like, man, right? I'm good. Yeah, Thanks but, for no thing. If, yeah, if, if, if B wants to come hang with me for a little bit, that's cool. Right. You know, I don't want that to be my job. Yeah, but Hakeem, you can live in peace with with like a seven figure bank account, my guy. Like, come on. Like, let's think about this. No, but yeah, Pat Patrick Ewing, I wouldn't be against if his if he's nah. like 
and an assistant. Role I'm not, I'm not as an assistant. I'm not talking about a, a head coach. I, uh, yeah, yeah. An assistant role, I wouldn't be I'm not on that narcotic. <laughs> Special assistant to Joel Embiid, like that's it. That's fine. I'm okay with that. That's, that's cool. That's cool. I'm okay with that. All right. So, so my question is, and, I, and I'll, I'll start with uh, Javon on this one. What's so as far as the Sixers offseason? What's next? What do they do next? What is the next thing they do? I mean, next thing you do, you trying to you try to figure out the Harden Rivers thing, right? We hear in the reports and Ramona Shelburne saying it's either you re-sign Harden potentially to that four-year deal, or do you you know keep Doc Rivers? And the thing that I think that's the, that's the first thing the organizations will have to figure out who you keep, right? I mean, I don't, I'm not with re-signing Harden to a four-year deal because I mean, because I mean that man is broken down, he's cooked. I mean, he can't get he can't get no lift on his jump shot whatsoever, and he flails at the line like he has inflatable arms. But so you got to figure you got to figure that out. And Doc, uh, you, I, even though his what happened in Game Seven where guys were supposed to show up wasn't his fault, he's probably the collateral damage that has to be nuked out of here. Even though MB could go to the organization and say, well. And this is a point that someone brought up to me before saying, well, my best years as a professional came under Doc Rivers. So that's mm-hmm. like one feather in the cap that they use. So I think they have to figure that out first, Harden and Rivers. And then after that, you probably will likely move off of Tobias Harris to try to figure out the rest of your, you know, roster. And maybe, like you said, trust Daryl Morey, but I don't trust him because just some of the things that he's done. I mean, wasting two roster spots for Montrez Harrell and Dwayne Dedman, letting Isaiah Joe walk for nothing. I mean, they got a lot to figure out. And like we talked about earlier, you don't have a lot of room or like cap space or even, you know, assets to kind of move and shake to try to even get guys on like bad teams. So you think like, oh, they could be a good fit here and add them. Sixers don't even uh Sixers don't even have a first uh first round pick this year. Then you say the uh somebody said 2029. That's the next first trade. That's the one they can trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because the um the Scipion rule, you can't trade two first first round picks two years in a row. You can't trade right. out of it. Yep. That's that old Cleveland rule. Yeah. They used to trade out the first round every year to save money. Do the Sixers even have a pick in the, in the NBA? But, I don't think they have a second round pick either. Let's see, nope, as far as what next, as far as what's next for the Sixers, though, for me, I pretty much see as a done deal that Glenn Rivers is gone. Yes. So you're going to have to figure out the Harden situation. You're going to have to figure out how you're going to fill out your bench, primarily improve as being a better at defending the wings, mm-hmm. among other things. That would be my top concern. And so Daryl Morey's got his work cut out for him. And I'll just be honest. I was hopeful, borderline excited when they brought in Morey to be the GM. Mm-hmm. But I also don't know that his resume is a whole lot better than a Colangelo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Mo- 
Lori's teams have been those slightly above average playoff teams that don't really win either. So, you know, they they end up finishing right in that same range as Colangelo teams. So no, no, no. I mean, that's that's a very good point because we sit here and we, when in a conversation where we talk about like what went wrong in the process. And so many people say, you know, it it went askew when you pushed out Hinky and brought in Colangelo. But when you look at when you take a look at the body of work, you know, can you say that Maury was an improvement? When you look at like like Javon said, there have been some missteps in the Maury tenure. There have been, you know, there have been some mistakes. There, they might not be as glaring or as as visually egregious as the Colangelo uh, era, but they've been there. There have been some missteps. They've they've handicapped themselves with some moves. So, can you say that Maury is 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 the answer? And and honestly, I'm not sure. And I think, you know, like Jonesy said, the. His work is cut out for him. You know, it's a hard sell. You have, you basically have to prove that this is a team that that can get to at least the conference finals. And I'm not quite sure you can do that with this with this team as currently constructed. So is this where I go hard on defending Daryl Morey? Is that the point? Is that the, yeah, have have yeah, we have we did. reached that portion of the podcast? Yes. Go ahead. I'm not- that's not to say I'm all the way out on Daryl Morey. It's just, you know, he's – I think the next couple seasons will be very pivotal to his long-term reputation. Because mm-hmm. he – a, a misstep or two, and he could end up being at the same place where we feel about Colangelo. Yeah. This has been my thought about Daryl Morey since he took over. And I kind of equate it to how, like, one president will get elected – but have to deal with the previous president's mistakes and problems first before mm-hmm. he can put his own mm-hmm. stamp on things. Um, Daryl is hamstrung because of what Colangelo has done, did, mishandling the Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler situation. Very the fair. Ben, the Ben Simmons pick, uh, the Markel Fultz trading, the uh, the Mikel Bridges trading, losing all mm-hmm. of those assets too, all of that mismanagement. Daryl is doing the best he can with what he has. And it's not to make an excuse, but I think that when you look at the last two seasons of Mari getting something for Ben Simmons, be it the whatever version of Harden we have, we have something that we're actually spending this money on. Um, Tyrese Maxey was a hit. Mm-hmm. I like I like the George Niang signing. That was a hit. That was a hit. I like that. Deadman, Montrez Harrell, those are misses, but that was also you could also put a little bit of that on Doc because Doc refused to play Paul Reed when he was clearly the better backup big option. Don't forget let Charles all, Bassey. Let let go of Charles Bassey, like all of that. You could have spent those exceptions, the Montreal Harold extension, Dwayne Dedman's extension, on wings that could help you. Here's the mm-hmm. other problem. 
the MLE wings, they don't really exist anymore the way they used to because every team values no, wings. Yep. So yep. every team is overpaying for wings. Mm-hmm. That leaves the cupboard very bare for the rest of us. So getting DeAnthony mm-hmm. Melton in the deal that he got, that was a hit. Um, again, Niang is probably going to be, they're going to have to do something with that creatively. Otherwise you're looking at like Korkmaz taking those like fire away minutes that Niang has. Like all you do is shoot. That's it. I am a car carrying member of the Fort Furcon Korkmaz fan club, but even I'm like, eh, I don't know if I want him in that role. Um, it's, um... In two seconds, because you said his name, Furkan Korkmaz. I'm mad that he has not developed more than he has over his career with the Sixers. Yeah, because he actually, believe it or not, he actually has good basketball instinct. Yeah. He's just never developed any kind of level of consistency at all. Is he a free agent? He plays, he, he, he plays better internationally than he does with the Sixers, which is absolutely I'm sorry, say, say that again, deal. He's, he's got one year left. He's got one year left. So mm-hmm. you think he could be a player that could flourish under a new – with a new coach? No, but I'm not – I'm not I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is if, like, if Niang isn't re-signed, that's probably the guy you're looking at as far as, like, he gets the fire and forget it minutes that mm-hmm. Niang has. It's just like if you have the ball in your hand, you're shooting. Like, that's it. <laughs> um. Other creative things they could do, like I, I don't know, give give Mac McClung a serious run. Like they're very limited in options here. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe give maybe give maybe give. Okay, your shake Milton talk. Come on, come shake on, his come head on now. Shake, whoa, whoa. shake, shake his Milton, head here. Shake Milton, shake Milton. What it did more than James Harden. That's probably true. Um. Look, Jaden Springer's look, out I, there I, too. I, 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 I love Jaden Springer. Are we really talking about Shake Milton right now? I understand. I think we're too. Are we? Are we really talking about like taking my shot? I don't want to. Javon did. I risk. I risk Javon never coming back on this podcast ever again if I take a shot at Tobias Harris and Shake Milton in the same show. So I have taken my Tobias Harris shots. I will leave Shake season out of it. You know, because I know that's your man. I, I, I understand. I mean, I mean, Shake gonna be throwing oops to Dwight Howard in a second. Oh. Hey, that's hey, that's hey, that's hey, that's cool. I mean, that works for me. Wherever it's Shake right. goes, I go. Shake, Shake is Shake's gonna be throwing alleys to Dylan Brooks we'll in China. Have, we'll <laughs> have Javon Alford giving us those hot Taiwan basketball podcasts coming up next season. It's gonna be hot. And I will listen to them too. I will download every. I will subscribe to the Taiwan Basketball Podcast with Shake the Milton. Taiwan and Basketball Podcast <laughs> with Shake Milton, with Shake Milton and Dwight Howard and uh, Jimmer and Fredette. Dylan and, and Dylan, Dylan Brooks. Brooks and Dylan Brooks and soon as yes, John Moran. Yes. <laughs> oh man! Oh, too soon! Too soon! Too soon! Oh man! Too soon! All I'm gonna say about that kid is. He needs all new people around him. Yeah. There's a lot more to it, but I would start there. 
his whole circle failed him. I, I don't even have enough for him. Uh, not not an hour and ten minutes into the yeah. into this podcast. Yeah, that that's just real quick. With all, like, there's a lot more to it, but he needs a new group of people around him. Yeah. Definitely. And Memphis, Definitely. Memphis needs an adult in that locker room. I didn't think Stephen Adams was that important, but damn, was he important? <laughs> Tobias <laughs> Harris, Jesus, stop. Who do you Here's give your adult oh. in the room? Just saying. who do you give up? Who do you? Well, who, I mean, do you, you who do you ask? Probably had to, who do you ask? You probably had to do a three-team deal. <laughs> yeah. uh, look, uh, I, and, and I guess honestly, but when now that the six, I guess the Sixers kind of threw out the blueprint now. You know when you're when you start rebuilding these teams through the draft, and you're not mm-hmm. signing veterans. What happens are what happens is you're building around you're building around younger players, and you don't have that veteran influence. Like we talk about now about Joel Embiid and his body language in the playoffs and his body language in this series. When you think about it, like who other than maybe. J.J. Reddick, Jimmy Butler, and P.J. Tucker, Tucker, who was the veteran in his ear when he was young to get in him to mold him like that? That's what you, you know, you get veteran experience. The problem is mm-hmm. you he had one. Bring, who? Luke and Bob Yeah, okay. yeah. You laugh. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That is no, I was true. agreeing with you. No, that is true. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, oh, are we joke to this day, we'll talk about Luke. Mbad Mutse has a major influence on his life and career. Oh, yeah. but, how, but how soon was he? How long did, did they play here together? What a season or two? How long was he? Here? Did they play together? Because I don't know I that they did play together. I don't think they played yeah. together. But, but 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 what I'm saying is, you know, when you're building through the draft, mm-hmm. you, you you didn't want to hamstring your team by signing veterans to big deals. By spending a whole bunch of money, tying up a whole bunch of money in veter- in veterans. But on the flip side, it's those veterans that keep your young players in uh keep your young players in check. So as on one side, you're looking at Joel Embiid and his body language in the playoffs, but then you're also looking at John ja Morant, who just can't be in IG videos with his friends without pulling out a gun. You know, you need a veteran to be like, like, bro, what, what are you doing? This is going to sound crazy. This is going to sound real crazy, but mm-hmm. Memphis needs Draymond. That's what they need. Yeah, that, yeah that's not know, really the worst take of the day. No, it's, it's not. Mm-hmm. But when you like, you need somebody, because at some point in time, I feel like all of these players, all of these young players get to a point where they realize, they, they realize how important legacy is and their legacy, what they want to be tied to. And at some point in time, you know, John Morant's going to get to the point where he's like, he's more known for doing stupid stuff. And he's more known for, he, he's been on teams that win a lot of regular season games, gets on Sports Center, but then when the playoffs, are, when the playoffs get here, they're out early. And that's tied to him. That's how people define him. And it might be too late. You know, you're looking at, how Joel Embiid's what? Twenty nine years old now. Twenty nine. Mm-hmm. Twenty nine yep. years old. He's coming to that realization now. Yeah, got two, but maybe two, three more years of prime basketball. Yes, and then exactly. He's now coming. To, he's coming and a to couple that more years of quality basketball after that. But prime basketball, two, three more years. Yeah. We talk, 
Jonesy, you and I talked about this a couple of years ago, right after that Atlanta series, when we were talking about this is the first time in his career that Ben Simmons is truly they when Ben Simmons is publicly and truly the reason why his team has not reached that next level. And how you mean the series where Ben Simmons? You mean the series where Ben Simmons decided he didn't want to play basketball anymore? Yes, yes, (laughs) yes. I'm not, I didn't say I didn't say he didn't deserve the slander. I didn't say he didn't he didn't deserve that criticism. I'm just saying this was the first time he really had to face it. But he didn't really have to face it because we no, all he thought had he was to face it. He not. He did. Not. But see, that's the thing. We thought he had to face it, but in reality, he got the ball in the post, looked at a little man on his back, and mm-hmm. decided not to play basketball anymore. <laughs> So if you decide not to play basketball anymore, you don't really have to deal with any of it. Yep. None of it matters because you're no longer a basketball player. But but either or, either way you look at it, Ben Simmons, you know, you we went through a whole offseason where right or wrong, people put the majority of the weight of the Sixers' failure onto Ben Simmons, and that was the first time that he had to deal. Well, he mm-hmm. dealt with it whether he had to or not, whatever. That was the first time he faced that. And now we're looking at an offseason where the angst and the anger and the frustration of another second-round exit is now being placed squarely on the shoulders of Joel, Hans, and B. Which is utterly unfair. I don't think it's barely being placed on Joel the same way it was on Ben. Like, yeah, Joel's getting blamed. He's definitely getting blamed as the best player of this team. Mm Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he had a terrible game seven. He shot, like, trash. Mm-hmm. And at the point in the third quarter, it looked like he like he just accepted the loss and stopped trying. Mm-hmm. But this is not the same as Ben Simmons. Or- no, not at all. Yeah, no, every, no, it, was no, like, no. it was like a group. It was like a, a, ma- like a majority that's like, I, I all right, think, yeah. I like, think, the, dif- I like, think the, difference here- is, the difference is, I think, for Joel, it's more frustration, whereas with Ben, no, but it was, I mean, it, like when I say anger. it's different, like when I say it's different, like I th- I see things with Joel, like like I asked the question myself: Can you win with your offense being built around him? Not like can you win with him on the team, mm-hmm. but maybe you have to rework your offense the way you do things instead of trying to do the slow down and pick and roll stuff that you're doing now. Mm-hmm. With Ben, it was like. Can we win with this dude? Period. Can we win with this dude on the floor? Right. Like, <laughs> you got to take him out in close games because he's scared to shoot free throws. He's scared to go to the line. He won't take the open shot. Like, he won't dunk onto somebody a foot shorter than him when you're under the rim. Like, there's all sorts of stuff with Ben. It was just like, can we win with this dude? Period. With Joe, it's just like, maybe we might have to rework some things, rethink our approach to some stuff. But nobody's questioning that Joe can be part of a winning team. Yeah, I, I think the the point that I'm trying to make is Joel Embiid is on the hot seat. I believe he's on the hot seat this summer. Whether it's the same level of hot seat that Ben was on, because I think it was more with Ben, it was more anger. Where with Joel is more frustration. Like I think, I I think. There are still people who would rather try to win with Joel Embiid, whereas people at the end of that Atlanta series, people were like pretty much just get better. Right. But see here, like right, I'll say this, and then you guys can let me know if you agree or not. But like with Joe, 
Like I'm even listening to like things I've said and we've said throughout this podcast. I feel myself coming back to like perimeter defense, point guard play, and things like that that Joe has no control over. So even though Joe made like there were some mistakes on Joe's part, there is a big part of this thing that Joe had there was nothing Joe could do. Like there was just nothing he could do about it. Like the stuff but with Ben, it was just like, Ben, this is stuff high school guards get taught. Like, you should just know better if you're in the league. Fix it. You know, so it felt really different. It like it really felt different with Ben. Like with Ben, you were like, Yeah, this guy can't even come back. Nobody you never feel like, yeah, Joe can't come back. Yeah. You I felt like Ben. Different. Like you felt like you literally felt like Ben couldn't come back to the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I get that. Right? I I get that. I, I just more I I think that like even like even being fair when you look at the end of that Atlanta series, you know, Ben caught what Ben caught, and you know meaning the flack, the anger, whatever. And I'm not going to deny that. But I think we can all admit that there was still a lot. There was still a, a, a lot more blame to go around. There were, you know, there there were things that a lot of people could have done better. Yes, the, you know, the 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 lion's share of the blame went towards Ben Simmons and deservedly so. But there were still a lot of things at fault with that team, right? And I and I guess, but for the most part. With all of that, you know, all of the anger went towards Ben, and Joel was pretty much—he was pretty much safe. You know, he was—you know—he caught a, a stray every now and then, but people weren't angry with with Joel the way they were angry with Ben, and 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 for the reasons we've explained, we we told you why. But now there's nobody defend. You know, there's there's, there's nobody to deflect to. This is all on Joel Embiid. When you look at the player, you're looking at Joel Embiid. Yes, you can look at Harden. Yes, you can look at Tobias Harris. But nonetheless, they didn't hold up the MVP trophy this year. Mm, I, so, I, don't, I don't like hearing it's all on Joe. Like, yeah, I don't like hearing it. Well, no, well I, I will say, I, I will concede that it's not all on Joe. There's enough blame to go around, but what I'm saying is this is the largest share of the blame that he's gotten before. That I will That's, agree with. Yeah, I'll give you that. The it, pressure it is, has no, how about the, the pressure and the angst has never been this high on Joel Embiid before. He, he gets the largest share of the blame he's gotten in his career. Right. It's it's not all on him and nowhere close to the share that, that Ben deserved. Okay. Going into this, going into the season, if this, going into the season, and knee jerk first name that comes to your head, going into the season, if the Sixers failed, what was the first name you would have said was the reason why? Harden, Doc, Rivers. <laughs> three of us said, three of us said Doc Rivers. One of us said Harden. Mm-hmm. So Doc went into this season with the hottest seat. Mm-hmm. Totally fair. Absolutely. Now, now we've reached the end of the season. Okay, the the Doc's share of the pie kind of got smaller because he got a hand a little bit out to Joel, a little bit out to Harden. So there's still a collective of blame. So yes, Joel deserves some of the blame, but not all of it. 
he's he should catch he should get some flack and he should catch some hell for what happened. Mm-hmm. But let's not forget that Doc had the hottest seat going in and he didn't really do anything to make me say, okay, let's try it one more time with this group, right? With Doc Rivers as the head coach. I don't think I don't know if Harden had any kind of like uh heat around the Seattle region. I don't I, I can't remember any. Um no. It wasn't really hot seat with Harden. It's just age and you know how much can he actually give you at this point. There was trepidation, not necessarily mm-hmm. it was, like a hot it was seat. trepidation, injury history and his like the hamstring and things over the last couple of years. You're just like you're wondering is he really gonna hold up? That was why my mind went to Harden. But and just to circle around now that we've reached the end of the season, all these three guys share blame. Mm-hmm. We've seen it in the NBA. What is the first person? Who is the first person to go? Coach. The okay. Coach is mm-hmm. always the first to go. Coach is much easier to replace in the NBA than a player. Mm-hmm. Especially with the contracts yeah. the way they are and mm-hmm. the fact that Joel just won the MVP. Yep. Exactly. If you want to put flack on joel just because oh he won the mvp so like he should have been like he should have carried them to these to the nba finals fine okay you can make that argument if you want to but then also i beg of you i beg of you to not remember that without joel Embiid this season or in previous seasons we're not here period so you can you can focus on the bad you can focus on the bad right now but don't forget about the totality of the man's career because by and large i have been extremely happy with the joel Embiid experience i have i, I have as well i do want though whoever the note next coach is assume like and i'm already assuming doc is going and we're getting a next coach i've pretty much accepted that so whoever Solid the assumption. Ne- <laughs> so who, whoever the next coach is i want it to be someone who puts emphasis in Joel Embiid on one thing in particular, and that's putting effort into changing ends so that you can play from inside out. I'm not yep. saying stop shooting jump shots. I'm not that guy where everybody's like, you should. no, I don't want you to stop shooting jump shots. That's a val- valuable lesson. Mm-hmm. I just want you to hustle from end to end so that you could start inside and work your way out instead of being the trailer on every play where you're starting at the three-point line with 11 seconds on the shot clock, and uh-huh. then you don't have time to work anything else. Right. That's a, that's the one. If I could make, adjust anything in Joel Embiid's game, it would be that. Agree. Agree. I see. Hustle down. Hustle to change in so you can start playing from inside out. Okay. All right. Real quick, final thoughts. Let's go around the horn. Let's start with Javon Offer. Final thoughts. Sixers as a whole, what do you want to see? And the whole um, new head coach try to figure out the build around and beat because for me personally, right now I'm off this team, like until they make some serious changes, like I, I don't know. I wasn't really watching Sixer basketball at, at all really this season. And that's predominantly rivers and et cetera. But I feel like they got to do, they got to make a lot of changes, you know, and, and, and hopefully the changes that they make will get them past this second round. Like next year, hopefully this time next year we're talking 
you know, meeting, but it's about Eastern Conference Finals game one, yeah. and we're not, you know, not, not talking about exactly. exactly. Right, but, we're but, not having but, the same conversation. I, I, I'm today. trying to reserve the family meeting until the end of the season. So if we're not, you know, this is two straight years of family meetings in May. Uh, a, mm-hmm. a good yeah, June a, family we, meeting would yeah, be all right. Yeah, a, a good uh, June next, would be good. <laughs> just one June family meeting before yes. we – one June family meeting under the guys that, hey, we all need to, like, schedule up so we know – Where we meeting for the parade. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Not a family, not, not a family meeting where the first question is what went wrong. That's, that's yeah, what I yeah. that would be nice. Yeah, because they they got to get it together because right now I, they're going to lose a lot of people in this city. They're already a third rate team in this city, yeah. and if the Eagles and the Phillies right. keep doing what they're doing and Harper and Hurts do what they do, you, you say third rate team in the city. Let's be honest. Over the last twenty years, they're the worst franchise in this city. The yeah. flyer, the Flyers have had more success over the last twenty years than the Sixers have. The God, Flyers, have, the Flyers and, have been to the Cup Finals in the last twenty years. And I think that I think there's way more. I think so. I I could be completely wrong, but I think that the Sixers became uh, popular one because of the generation that came in, just like okay cool this looks fun and exciting all like that mm-hmm. but before that sixers were the sixers were like dead last on everybody's radar it was eagles phillies flyers sixers that was absolutely it. and post, it could easily get back to that post yeah. iverson that's what it was mm-hmm. yeah. and it could get back to that very easily very easily very with one easily. a good off season from the flyers not this year but maybe next year a good off season from the flyers and not, hold my, not holding my breath. <laughs> and a little regression from the Sixers. It could happen without much taking place. So, yeah, the, the, the Sixers got to be focused. Or Definitely, definitely. definitely. Yeah, like, like you said, that downtown stadium thing is just a dream. <laughs> a no, deal. No. Final thoughts. Uh, final thoughts, three words, buds or bust. Coach Buds, Coach Buds, God damn it! I oh, forgot his God. damn it. If they get if they get Budenholzer, oh, son God. of a okay, <laughs> Coach Budenholzer or Buds. I'll do the the full thing so that so, when I say when when I make t-shirts, that, when you make, when it says Buds or Buds, when, when I make t-shirts that say Buds or Buds, I'm talking about the coach. I'm talking about Mike Budenholzer. You're not talking about legalization. No, it's not what I'm talking about. I agree. Don't get me wrong. I agree with that, but that's not what I'm talking about right now. Understood. 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 Damn it. Oh, goodness. Uh, Any final thoughts, Mike Jones? I'll take the minority point of view here. Blow it up. Blow it up. I'm in the same camp as you. I'm in the same camp. I will piggyback that and say, if you're going to blow it up, blow it up for real. Don't yeah. think blow it up. No, if blow it all the way up. up. If we're talking blow it up for the Sixers, I'm saying get rid of everyone. Everyone mm-hmm. must go. Start they all must go. Don't give me fake blow it up. Don't 
don't give me hey, let's see what we have in Tyrese Maxey. We know what no, we I, have in Tyrese Maxey. I, I don't want a flyer style rebuild where we get rid yeah. of a couple guys and then plug in some vets and like, yeah. try to pretend Ooh, no. Hey, let's start let's over. See what we, let's see what we have with the Tyrese Maxey George Niang backcourt. No. If mm. we're gonna get rid of them, get rid get rid of everybody. Everyone must go. If you're going if you're going to go that route. Except Shake Milton. You either continue <laughs> to build around this team. Oh yeah. Yo, man. Continue to build around uh Joel and Deep or you blow it up completely. You could absolutely keep Shake for the rebuild. And I, I'm cool you keep you keep you keep Shake, I'll be a Sixer fan. I'm <laughs> If we're blowing it up, I need the next TJ McConnell in in here. I need, uh, I need. Does Isaiah Cannon have any children coming up in the league? That's, wow. that's what I need. I need Tony Roten. I need guys. Well, like he's that. in he's in jail right now, right? He's oh, in jail right now. Yeah. Tony Roten's in jail. Yes. Remember, remember uh, when Roy tagged? Oh us yeah. Oh man. Oh goodness. <laughs> How could I forget? Oh wow. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, hold your head, Tony. Uh, You'll be home soon. You'll be all right, Tony. You'll be all right. Uh, you know. Oh, was that was that the insurance thing? I believe yeah, so. Yeah, yeah oh, I remember that one. Wow. Sorry, Tony. I guess no Tony on the team. My bad. Uh, who else can we get then? Uh, then, then it's Ferkin Ferkin is. Aldemir. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Alexi oh. Schved. Exactly. Oh my God. Okay. All, all right, right. Real quick. Uh, we're getting off quick. the rails. Yeah. <laughs> Try to reel this back in so we can get out of here. Adil Royster, LibertyBallers.com. What you got coming up next? So we just I just did a podcast, uh, the Out of Sight podcast on the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. It dropped today. We are, my partner and I, David Early, we uh, talked about Game 7. We had our therapy session, and then we talked about the offseason. Uh, I, I will say uh, there was some – creative like Sixers trade porn where I was just like, wait, what the hell am I thinking? Like, there's no way the Sixers are going to get Luka Doncic. There's no way the Sixers are going to get Luka Doncic to the trade. What the hell am I thinking? Um, so like crazy shit like that. Um, but always three Liberty Ball showdown or something. Uh, NBA much. Live 95. Uh, well, well, I, well, I, I am doing a supersonics rebuild in 2K23, but that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> But yeah, read the site, libertyballers.com, podcast networks is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google, Amazon, basically wherever you download a podcast, that's where you'll find Liberty Ballers podcast content. Nice, nice. Javon Alford, Sporting News and Total Sports and I'm on And I am on Twitter at Adil B. Royster. What you got cooking, man? What you got coming up next? Uh... Probably do another podcast talking about the Sixers, or I'll probably rant and rave and continue to go at Joel Embiid and the Sixers organization and commitments to being a pace a Pacers or a Thunder fan at the end of this uh as we go into the new season. So new podcast coming soon to talk more about game seven. And yeah, outside of that, we'll see what happens, right? We'll see what happens the rest of the way. And I'll see sport news, uh, sport news, all the betting stuff. So, you know. Let me think. It's it's uh it's ten after nine right now. At the time at the record of this podcast. Uh, any uh, any anytime homer bets like right now that haven't started yet? The real late games. <laughs> Let me see. I don't think so. <laughs> All right, I had to try. <laughs> well, make sure you follow Javon. Finally, get your money right in whatever sport there is. XFL, USFL, uh, 
WNBA, uh, Live Golf, which starts this, which starts this week. Which yes, starts sir. This week, sir. Yes, yes. Still, I'm still waiting for that Philly franchise to come up here. I, I need that. He definitely be more successful than the Sixers. <laughs> okay, would be. All right. Pro- probably. Anyway, once again, thank you, eighty three to Affinity Podcast. Once again, the, the, the family meeting. Shout out to our cousins, Adio and Javon. You know, you're always welcome. And Adio is probably the first person to ever like take me up on that offer. We were doing a show live a couple months ago, and he was just watching. He's like, you know what I need in. I hear what you're saying. I I, I need in, and you know I appreciate that. I, I respect it. I was like, yo, it was a real G. He was like, I need to get on. I need to get on your show right now. I'm inviting myself on, and I'm like, all right, let me send you the email. I was with phrase it. it quite like that. I didn't phrase it quite like that. No, no, you did not phrase it quite like that. But I mean, that's pretty much the scenario. I paraphrase it, <laughs> and, and but we appreciate it, Javon. You know. Go go way back. So I always appreciate you. Uh, we'll do another eighty. You know, we'll, we'll do the podcast. Check us out, bitwsports.com. When we come out with a new one, you'll know because you'll subscribe. Talking Eagles mini like camp or something. We'll <laughs> exactly. Stupid Sixers or Coach <laughs> Budenholzer becoming your right. head coach. That's right. Mm-hmm. If, he gets, if he gets if he gets hired, I'll be on the podcast same day, like wearing like wearing my. To like growing the boot and holes or beard out and everything. No, oh my gosh. We will take you up on that. So you're All growing right, the bu- you're growing the buds? I like it. That's right. There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's right. That's happening. Growing the buds. We out of right. here, y'all. <laughs> Peace y'all. You feel this podcast? To hear this more, go to soundcloud.com slash BITW Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search best in the world sports.